And who do you see as uh, the audience, and uh, what do you uh, want them to get from, from, from this? Oh, well, we would hope it would be a, a general audience sort of thing. I'm trying to be careful about the material that we choose in terms of its suitability for very young audiences. But um, as we're reading, one of the things I'm finding is that for black audiences, this is there's a way where Richard Wright was sort of, he was blacklisted. Richard Wright's books were actually banned at a certain point, and so he kind of fell out of American history. So anybody who's interested in American history will be fascinated with this because we hope to illuminate that time period in a way that'll show them that. For black audiences specifically, this stuff is so important. I'm, I'm shocked as I read these things at the fact that I haven't been exposed to them before. A lot of them. There are some of the things that I've read, but as I read Black Boy, I was like, oh my God, every black child in America should read this book because it's telling you some basic things about the way, it's like there's a reality that's going on in your head and then there's the world that you keep encountering and those places where what you think you see doesn't match up with what everybody else is telling you is out there. Richard Wright seems to live in that place. He seems to live in this place where he's always struggling to understand what everybody else seems to take for granted around him. So regardless of what color you are, it's really poignant in that way. But it's also, if you're black specifically, it gives you this sense that black history especially gets erased in this country. So here's this wonderful document or series of documents that give you this, I mean, it's like he was just writing about what, Sometimes critics say that Wright was just writing from his life, and that's so not true. It's so clear if you read his stuff that he's making choices that he is a writer. He's not just saying, this happened to me today. He's figuring out how to say, this happened to me today, and trying to say it in a way so that it will impact an audience. Because of the work that we're doing, I reread Native Son recently, and I kept wanting to read just a little bit. I would read it like in the morning or before I go to bed. And I think I just need to read this much and then I'm going to bed. But I couldn't help it. It was such a page turner. That's not somebody just telling a story. That's, that's a craftsman. Oh, of course. And always when somebody is writing about themselves, they're still writing about a character. Right. Because they are no longer that person. And they could eat, never even express who, you know, who they really are. There are so many myriad of thoughts, and we just don't do that when we write. We try to stay with the topic. Well, and it's clear to me, the more I read his stuff, that he makes some real clear choices. So he knew what he wanted to bring to an audience. To give that intelligent, articulate, mid-20th century Negro a chance to shine, to, to let people see this is what, I always find that interesting in historical pieces when I can relate to the character. I'm like, wow, that's the way we think, or that's the way I think. That's the way I would deal with that. And I didn't think that they did that in history. And this is a perfect example of that. You get to see a Richard Wright who is so conscious of what he's doing and what he's dealing with that even as he's having new experiences, like when he runs into the Communist Party in Chicago, and becomes involved with them, but never becomes, he's never a soldier. He is never a, I'll just take orders and do what I'm told to do. And so he gives you that experience, that sense of here's something and it's interesting and it's worth checking out for this reason, and yet I have questions, I have doubts, I have concerns, and I'm struggling with that. He always has his struggle. 
Till he dies, he has his struggle. So all of the authors you've chosen are somehow contemporary with Richard Wright, is that correct? Uh, contemporary and influenced by. Uh, Chester Himes is definitely thrilled to be involved with Richard Wright. James Baldwin, I mean, James Baldwin says it. It's in a number of his writings that he saw Wright as a father figure, that he saw Wright as a mentor. Um, so he's a little bit younger. He's like maybe 15 or so years younger than Wright. Uh, the other one that we pulled into the story, just because he's in Paris at the same time, is Ollie Harrington. He's in Paris. He hangs out in the same places. He's, um, I'm, I'm kind of hoping he will be our comic relief because he in, is, in fact, a cartoonist. His only writing is, he may have done some essays, but he wrote an autobiography called Why I Left America. Um, but his cartoons are political cartoons. They were mostly published in Negro newspapers. And they show this incredible intelligence and this sense of humor. And that's clear also in his writings about the experiences that he had in Paris with Wright. That he never seems to lose that sense of humor. And when other people are describing him, it's the first thing they describe always. That this guy had this wonderful sense of humor. So it felt like it would kind of round out our little Negro rat pack if we had Ali there... Um, there's one incident that we like to focus on, and that's between James Baldwin and, and I want to say Langston Hughes. Langston Hughes shows up at the end of the story, which is great. <laughs> it's great to have such a well-known, famous figure just appear. But um, Chester Himes and Richard Wright are at a cafe for this meeting with James Baldwin, and each of them wrote about the experience, and you wouldn't think they were writing about the same experiences. I mean, even time of day sounds different in their different descriptions of it. Um, Baldwin has no recollection of an argument. <laughs> he thought he had a nice evening having wine with his friends. And Wright was completely twisted up about this whole thing because he had so many mixed emotions. On the one hand, he was very supportive of the young writer, James Baldwin. He really wanted to see him do well. On the other hand, James Baldwin writes one of the more scathing, what feels like one of the more scathing critiques of, of a Native Son. Bald, uh, Richard Wright's first big novel. So, and somehow Baldwin never sees that. He's never aware of that. Somehow the contradiction of these two things, this idolatry and this critique, he just never, he never thinks of it as a critique. So it's, um, there's an interesting tension that'll allow us to play with. And that's, as we've been reading, there's always that tendency to want to get at the truth. And what we think is a lot more rich is to let these writers have their own voice. So if they say two completely contradictory things, that's what we're looking for, is to find a way to give each of those voice and let the audience decide. Well, that's what theater is, too, is bringing up the conflict. 